Welcome to Business Masters, the podcast that gives you direct access to world-leading experts on key business issues. To be the first to know about future shows and to access even more exclusive content, visit businessblueprint.com and subscribe today. Hello, it's Dale Beaumont here, founder of Business Blueprint, and welcome to another Business Masters podcast. Today, I'm talking with leading success coach and business culture expert, Michelle Duval, and our topic is why business culture matters. Michelle, thanks very much for joining us. Hi, Dale. Thank you very much for inviting me to be a part of this series. Now, we hear a lot about business culture, but in your opinion, what actually is it? Well, Dale, I would say it's the unique vibe, it's the feeling and the experience that you, the owner, the employees, the customers and the community feel about the organisation. And it'll be the unconscious or explicit rules, it'll be the norms of how people operate or don't operate in that environment, it'll be the, the heartbeat, the pulse of the business. Mm. And why, do you, why is it important? It's something that, you know, we've only been saying to hear about I suppose for the last you know mainly sort of decade or so I suppose even though it was always around it's now kind of on everybody's lips so um, why is it now all of a sudden becoming so important? Well at the heart of it it defines the business it's going to be where the owners the employees investors come back and it's going to be the basis that decision making is made on it's going to influence brand it's going to retain or not the culture of the the team and whether or not the team stay in the organisation. It's going to look at consistency in delivery of service, um, in the key messages, in marketing. And at the heart of it, Dale, it's about how the business is going to remain true to itself. So it'll give everybody a clear message to come back to over the years that the business evolves. Okay. Now, when should a business start thinking about its culture? from day one or only after they've got a team and staff and people to kind of care about? Well, I guess it depends on what kind of business you're in. Um, the bottom line is culture will evolve as the business evolves and will be consciously or unconsciously influenced by the founder. Um, so I would suggest to be conscious of it from day one. Um, this doesn't mean that you have to define it, but it just means being aware of the consistency of your messages, either to your employees, um, to yourself as the founder, to your customers, to your shareholders, and also the community that you're, you know, or the industry that you're in. Think about Apple. They defined it from day one and kept evolving it, and the business is able to operate without Steve Jobs. Mm. We are going to get to some more questions in, in just a sec, but can you talk to us about some case studies or examples of companies that you know of or have worked with about how culture has made such a big difference to the success of their business? Yeah, a, a great case study is actually one that you've had within um, your, you know, within your community. You've had Creel Price come and speak, and Creel founded an organisation called Blueprint Management with Trevor Folsom, and uh, they are an organisation that grew over ten years. And I met them at year one of the business, and we went through a, a very intensive process with them as business partners, and then with their leadership team to define their core values, and they were in a very um, tumultuous industry from the standpoint that they had a lot of backpackers who were working inside their business and they had very short-term employees and it was a massive cost to the business of having high turnover in transient employees. And over the next two years, they reduced that by 
50% in the business. And over the time, they became a fast 100-growing organisation in BRW, three years running. And 10 years later, they sold the business. And the organisation that the, the bought the business said that the value of the business was increased by around 50% due to the culture that they had in the business. Um, so that's a really great case study, I think, that um, is Australian-based um, and really highlights that point of difference. Mm. Do you want any other examples, Dale? Yeah, lo love to. Maybe a global example if you have one. I think a great example, Dale, of an international case study is Zappos. Many of you listening may be familiar with them. They're an online retailer. They started out in shoes and then evolved what their services were and products to fashion in general. And uh, about four or five years into the business, they actually were purchased by Amazon. And from day one, the founder, Tony Shea of Zappos, decided to really invest in defining what the culture would be because he knew that a values-driven culture would be what defined them in a very competitive marketplace. And they put that all the way through their recruitment process, into all of their marketing, into a lot of time spent with their employees, and it's become a key part of their whole brand. And when Amazon bought them for close to a million dollars... Um, a million dollars? Or a, billion. A, bi a billion dollars. <laughs> they got the feedback that um, a key part of that was due to the culture that they created. Mm. And sometimes people confuse, I think, culture, uh, like business culture with the business brand. How do you describe the difference between the two? Well, culture influences all aspects of the business. Um, it'll influence the, the key marketing messages. It'll influence um, the, the decor, the environment of the office. It'll influence um, employment decisions. It'll influence how the team is evolved and how they develop the staff through coaching or lack of or other, other tools. And one aspect will be around brand, and that's just one influence that it has. So the brand will be a reflection of those values, yet brand doesn't usually come first. It usually comes from the values. Mm. So let's talk about the, the, how the two work together then, values and culture. So how do those two go together? Well, basically the culture will determine what is going to be the essence of this organization? What do we stand for? Um, how do we want to communicate? How do we want to express ourselves? What are the most important things to us? So culture is influenced by values. Values are the deepest unconscious aspect of how we make decisions, uh, how we spend our time, what we think is right and wrong, so therefore our moral judgments, and it's uh, basically how we make the deepest choices that we make. And those things are happening sometimes consciously and sometimes unconsciously. And when a company really forges a conscious culture, they become aware of those driving values. Now, whether or not you sit down and do a process to identify what they are, um, or whether you are just operating in Instinctually, as most entrepreneurs do, you're operating from those values. So as you go through the process of defining your brand, the brand is going to come out of those unconscious drivers. And um, when we get conscious about it, we can become intentional. And if you think about the 
culture that Apple have created. Um, they haven't become the, the number one um, organization in, in the US and, and some would say around the world without that conscious intention and that has driven through their brand all the way through into their product creation and that came out of the founder's values. Um, if you've read Steve Jobs' book, it's just full of values. Um, let's now talk about the, the process. Now, I've been through this process with you myself, and so I know it can be quite, you know, involved and and um, and systematic. But can you just, you know, in five minutes or so, give us a, a brief overview of how does a company go about defining their values and then using that as the base to then create their company culture? Well, first of all, we support the founders and the owners of the company to clarify what values actually mean and what they are. Um, a lot of us operating from our values every day but don't know what they, what they are or where they've come from or how they've been influenced. And values have been influenced from our early childhood, from school, from our parents, from our heroes, from, you know, action stars in movies. Um, they've been influenced by the culture that we grew up in. And so... Learning that is a really key facet. So we work with the founders or the owners of the organisation and we help to make their values aligned and often we do that with the shareholders um, so that we've got core alignment between the people who actually own the organisation and what they want to get out of the organisation. So we set up a set of director's values. Then the second step is, depending on how large the organisation is, is to work with the leadership team. Um, now, if you're in a smaller organisation, we'd work with the, all of the employees. So say if there was um, 12 people in the company, you'd work with them all as a group. And we basically do an exercise to be able to facilitate, identify and putting language to the, the values that each person feels represent the organisation. And before we do that, we help them to articulate what they feel is important in work and in business. And through that process, we start to get a leadership team's voice and we start to hear what they feel this business stands for. And we, we put words to it. We put pictures to it. We, we start to describe what that feels like, what it looks like, what it sounds like. And from there, we've got our director's values, we've got our leadership team's values, and then we do a process to work with the rest of the business to be able to start find out what they feel are the core values that drive the business. And then we go through a process that aligns all three of those, and that creates the company's values. Wow. And with a business, you mentioned about getting the team or the leadership team involved. How important is it to make sure that there's buy-in from the staff as opposed to just being something that comes from the top down and here's our values and this is what we're all going to believe? It's absolutely critical. And a lot of um, owners, this is a fearful step and it's naturally a fearful step. Um, and I'm glad that um, business owners are really mindful about this. Um, there can be a concern that if they involve the group, the team members, that somehow it won't represent their own values um, and, and what to do then. Yet the irony is most of the time the people that you've recruited into your business already, many of them, reflect your values whether you are conscious of your values or not because that's how you make decisions and you make hiring decisions based on your values. So the great thing is by working with your team members, they, they start to add another dimension. They enrich the values and they start to um, give a greater voice to them. So if you want your organisation to be values-driven, 
you cannot do that alone. It's a group activity um, and through the proliferation of it. So once you've identified, then the next step is, um, as you know, Dale, because you, you've been through it, is um, to actually begin to proliferate those values throughout the different systems of the organisation. So that will be, as we spoke, around brand. It'll be through the marketing messages, through advertising, through recruitment, through induction, training, incentives and remuneration, through staff appraisals, coaching and leadership and through the rituals that the business has for celebrations and acknowledgements because culture gets replicated through ritual. And if you think about your family culture, you have family rituals that occur and that's what creates the culture of any country, any family, any community and of your organisation. Fantastic. And when it comes to making sure that we uh, you know, embed the, the, the values, how long does that sort of process you know, typically sort of take and, and yeah, what, what does a person do to make sure they do it successfully? The first part is that first initial stage. So once you've identified those core values, it's then working out how do we want to actually communicate those. Are we going to represent them visually? Are we going to create some internal representation? So we'll go back to one of the case studies we spoke about, which was Blueprint. One of their values was fun and focus. And they would have an internal mascot that would get dressed up every day and someone would have the responsibility of going through and being dressed up in a mouse suit. <laughs> so I'm using a very extreme, ludicrous example, but that fit the culture of their organisation and that became a way that they used to celebrate sales and success in the business. They would have the mascot go around and do a dance and do silly, fun sorts of things. Now, when you go back and think about your business, there are various different ways that would fit your culture culture that you'd be able to do that. So once you've identified how you're going to communicate them, some people put them on their website, some people make a video of them, some people put it up on their walls inside the office, some people make a talisman which is a visual representation of a picture or a face or an ambassador that represents each one of the values. Once you've got those, then um, organisations will often create a, a values ambassador which will be a committee of people or key individuals in the business who are going to regularly start to look at the, the systems and support the process of those being proliferated. So you'll, it will happen over a 12-month period and you'll start to look at, okay, we're now going to begin to put this through our recruitment process. So we're going to look at our ads for how we hire people. We're going to look at our interview questions mm -hmm. for how we recruit. Then we're going to start to look at our induction process and how we share our company values. We're going to do it via a video or through a meeting with um, someone from the values committee. How are we going to express and infuse the values? And that's just one system, which is the recruitment system. Um, so it'll become part of the leadership team's dialogue. It'll become part of... Um, the process by which you do your staff appraisals um, and how you incentivize and how at your reward and recognition events, how you recognize people by, you know, acknowledging those people who've really done, gone the extra mile to, you know, express the company values. Mm. And when we're coming up with these values, you know, is there a certain number that we should uh, aim for? I know that there's, uh, you know, some that have five, ten, you know, what, what, what's your suggestion? That's a really great question, Dale, and it's, I think, dependent on the type of organisation, the type of culture that it is. 
Having said that, the fewer values that you have, the more memorable it's going to be for key people who join your business to remember them um, and to get in touch with them. And we know from the work of um, cognitive behavioural psychology that we basically can remember five to nine chunks of information. So I encourage people to really uh, try and keep them to a maximum of around seven. Um, a lot of my clients have found that having five has been impactful, memorable. And having said that, Zappos had around 11 values um, that they had in their organisation. And um, that fitted the culture of how they wanted to drive their business. Um, so that's interesting. Mm, fantastic. And uh, you've already talked about how you then uh, filter those through your entire organization. And then how often do you review them and, uh, and make changes to your, your values? Or should they say fixed for an extended period of time? You know, I've had the opportunity to work with companies now for 15 years in Australia with their culture. And the interesting thing is that despite us having every three years or so review of those values, now that involves the fact that multiple new people have joined the business during that three-year period um, and the business has, you know, expanded, it's grown. Often these organisations have created new divisions or new products and the founders wanted to reflect and say, okay, how well do these values now represent the mission and the vision of our business and who we are today? And so the, the process is, is similar. We, we, we get the values up, group environment, and we facilitate the group to reflect on what they feel the business currently now, the feeling, the vibe, the culture is, and are we still in alignment with it? Um, and where the organisation isn't, then there's a question, well, how we got off track on that and what do we need to do? Do we need to change the values or do we need to get in alignment with those values? Mm. Do we still want to stand for that? Yeah. And in all the cases of all the clients I've worked with, the values haven't changed now. Wow. That's very, very interesting. Well, mm. it's been a pleasure chatting. Just before we finish, any final kind of tips or words of advice to kind of wrap it all up? The culture of an organisation is one of the most rewarding aspects of being in business. It's what you remember when you go home at the end of the day. It's what your team remember when they go home. It's what your customers remember when they've had an experience inside your organisation or inside your um, community. And so therefore spending time and investing in it is one of the most rewarding and enriching things that you can do, not just for the profitability as we saw with our two case studies of Blueprint and Zappos, but for your own satisfaction and for leaving a legacy. If you want your organisation to be able to function without you and you want your team to be empowered to make decisions, give them, a, give them the framework, give them a set of, of philosophy because that's what your values is a set of it's a philosophy a philosophy for living in your own life and a philosophy for doing business beautifully well said it's been a pleasure chatting i know you guide companies through this whole process which you've done for, for me and it's been wonderful how can people get in touch with you just want to mention your website and the spelling of it Great. So you're very welcome to get in touch. Our organisation is called Equilibrio and our website is equilibrio.com.au which is spelled E-Q-U-I-L-I-B-R-I-O.com.au. Michelle Duval, thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Dale. For more information about Michelle Duval, like you've heard, please visit equilibrio.com.au. Thanks for listening to another Business Masters podcast. To access more great content or to download your free business plan template, 
visit businessblueprint.com.